It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. There's a change coming in the junior search cycle. The National Council for Circulism, Circulism, Curriculum, where did I get that from? The National Council for Curriculum and Assessment has published a draft course for all pupils on sex education. And there's a period of public consultation underway and it'll be rolled out from September 23, as far as I can gather, not September 22. It'll cover consent, gender stereotypes, well-being, relationships, Pornography, the sharing of sexual images, and it'll come in at junior cert level. Uh, Professor Louise Crowley joins me from the School of Law at UCC. Louise, badly needed, you say, uh, and not before time. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Yeah, this is an incredibly welcome development for our young people um, to... I suppose, recognize the world that they're living in, the challenges that they face on a daily basis and to give them the language and the education and the tools to navigate what can be very um, troublesome and challenging situations and to, and to have positive experiences, I think, is really important as well to allow them to have relationships, but to have positive relationships. We might have thought in the past that junior search cycle was a bit young to be learning about these things. Our thinking has changed. Yes, thankfully. I mean, in reality, um, Junior Cert Cycle um, is um, very appropriate for this type of education. I mean, there's an argument to be made that um, it, it, we need to talk to children in fifth and sixth class in an age-appropriate way, because more and more uh, research is showing us that young children are being exposed to pornography and to inappropriate content and are also experiencing sexual hostility and harassment in their own lives at a young age. So absolutely, this is necessary at Junior Cert, without question. And to deny that would be to deny the world that the, the young people are living in. Now, you were part of pioneering the bystander intervention program. We've talked about that on the Opinion Line previously. And I think through that work, you've discovered an even greater need for the kind of courses you're talking about. Yeah, in a number of ways, PJ. So firstly, in working with the young students in UCC, so um, the cohort who come from Leaving Cert, the 18 and 19 year olds, in discussing this work with them and when they take the training, it becomes very apparent that a significant number of them have already been exposed to sexual harassment and, and violence. You know, some students disclosing incidents of rape, particularly at 
Debs and other occasions. Um, and so it appears that the students are leaving second level, either already having those horrific and life changing experiences or indeed perpetrating those. So the embedded toxic behaviours are happening at a young, a young age. And so as a result, we've also I've developed with the support of the Irish Research Council, a pilot programme for second level, which is currently being delivered to TY students um, in 45 schools across the country. So there's a huge appetite for it. The teachers want it. The students are so grateful for the opportunity to have the safe space and to be given the learning that they will otherwise have on street corners or with their friends or through the internet and that's that's not policed and and so we have the opportunity with this new curriculum to make sure that they're getting appropriate and correct information to allow them to, to live safely and positively. Is it fair to say that if you don't learn as young as is possible what is unacceptable and what you are entitled to call out you get to a point in your late teens where you're actually kind of powerless because you haven't learnt what's not okay. Yeah, and, and you're not only powerless, but you know you don't even recognise it sometimes, PJ. I, again, I have this with my research with the students in UCC. You know, they talk about going into a nightclub, and of course they're going to get groped in a nightclub because that's what happens in a nightclub. Because the type of behaviour that they're being exposed to, if it's not challenged, becomes normalised, and it's very difficult for anyone, but not and but especially a young person, to be the voice to st- speak out and say, "Hang on a second, that's not okay." So if it's happening amongst their peers on a regular basis, it becomes harder and harder to call it out. So if we not only give them the the ability to recognise it, but if we teach it amongst their peers, they develop a shared recognition, but also a shared desire to change it and also a realisation that they can change it, that it is within their gift to say, hang on a second, that's not okay. You can't say that about her. You can't do that. And in calling each other out, that is incredibly powerful, far more powerful than me standing at the top of a room telling them, you know, what's okay and what's not okay. They can they can decide and they can, I suppose, um, assert and claim the standards of behaviour and respect that they deserve. And so they learn to identify that, realise it, and also demand it. So it's incredibly empowering as well. Mm. So we're not dictating to young students, we're giving them information and we're empowering them. It's a delicate thing, isn't it, Louise, to a point? Because, you know, guess what? We were all teenagers in our time. And a certain amount, and I'm wording this as carefully as I possibly can, a certain amount of fooling around is part of being a teenager. Now, going back to the day, we didn't know the lines. They were never taught to us. The lines are there. They're now very clear. Teenagers will always fool around. It's part of growing up. We need to teach them and they need to understand for each other, for themselves, where the lines are. Well, I suppose it's really important. That's where consent and recognizing healthy relationships comes in, PJ, because we're not saying don't have a relationship. You know, we're not saying, uh, you know, don't kiss somebody. I mean, absolutely not. We have to respect everybody's individual autonomy. But what we have to do is allow all people, young people, and this is a cross-generational issue. We just happen to be talking about the second level curriculum. You have to be able to recognize uh, what's not acceptable. You have to be able to acknowledge the importance of what the other person wants or doesn't want. And whether it's verbal or non-verbal, you have to be completely aware, you have to communicate and you have to recognize that. So what we're doing is that we're allowing people and giving them the language to, to, to say it, to, to express it, to expect it, but also to watch out for it. So we're recognizing that everybody has a role to play and it's not just for one person to say, no, I don't want that. It's for the other person too to be aware and to respond appropriately and respectfully. So mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it is about making the safe the, the, play, the space safe for for young people and also allowing them to recognise where the limits are. I mean, you say people know now the the, the limits and the lines are very clear. Are they? I suppose no. the question we have to ask, and that's exactly the point of this education. Very we have fair. to presume, you know, you know that 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 they need this information and that we don't know where their starting point is. And everybody at that age has a tablet or a phone, so they are getting information from very unregulated resources. And we know it's not particularly young boys when they. It's not if they'll see porn; it's when they will see yes. it. And we know that they're they're accessing porn at eleven, twelve, and thirteen. And so we need to reconfigure their thinking because if that's all they see and that's all they hear, you know, there's a very warped view of what a sexual yes. or any kind of a relationship looks like. So this is why these conversations have to happen. So the headlines about oh, young people being taught about porn, you know, that's just scaremongering and really unacceptable mm-hmm. because this is very serious and we need to see it as a really positive and for Ireland a very mature step yes. that finally we can encourage young people to talk about this. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point. Like the the, the education system in this plan is recognizing what we've all known for years. It's like you said, it's not a matter a question of will they see it. It's when they will see it and the education system here recognizing we know they're seeing it there's nothing we can do about it we can't stop it happening but we can help them with it we can and we can we can get them thinking about what they've seen and what's wrong with it and if we can get in at that point and get them realizing they don't just watch it and take it as a given as acceptable or as what's appropriate they can challenge it and they're well capable but we have to allow them the safe space to do that and that's why i think having it in the schools is very valuable first of all because it can be evidence-based and educational we can train the teachers i trained 140 teachers um, in march to deliver my ty program and the appetite was huge so i absolutely accept that this is sensitive and challenging for teachers but they're very able and they're properly and adequately supported they will be delivering it and then the the, the magic of it is that they're learning it in the classroom with their peers so it's not just mommy and daddy sitting down with johnny having the conversation it's johnny having the conversation with all of his classmates and if it's a mixed gender school all the better because they learn about the impact of what they think is a bit of crack on the girl who sits across the way from them so it's really valuable to bring this to the classroom some old guy in a tweed jacket at the top at the the top of the room it's it's themselves lastly Louise, you you from third level experience. Of course, you're based in third level. It's if children are I say children, if teenagers are not learning this in school, they come into UCC or any other third level. That's an mm-hmm. enormous culture jump, and you're finding sure first years overwhelmed by what greets them sexually, as mm-hmm. it were, when they get into college. Yeah, and, and in their own heads, the expectation, sure, everybody's having sex, so I better have sex. So it's this, this you know, the, 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 I suppose when we don't facilitate the conversations, young people can only presume that they need to get in with the gang and the gang are doing a certain thing. So we do facilitate those conversations as well. So the first day students come to us in UCC, we have a dedicated training for them on, their, on the day they walk in, in on consent and bystander training. So not only do they learn about, you know, the, the lines you spoke about, that how to behave and how to recognize what your partner um, wants in terms of a relationship in the moment and um, but on top of that also to recognize your role as a member of the campus community so if you hear something or see something that's not acceptable you don't just walk on by because if you do you're part of the problem so you have the capacity and the tools if you take the bystander training to very safely and effectively say to somebody you see whether you know them or they're a stranger you can step in and you can say something or do something that will you know will call out that behavior hmm. and will help to demand that appropriate 
level of respect right across the UCC community so we can ensure that every student has the positive experience that they deserve. If you take two questions, one of which is acceptable, the other which is not. One is, can I have your phone number? That's acceptable. Can I have a nude? It's absolutely not. Can I have a nude? Yeah, I mean, that's the rock we'll all die on. It's just so prevalent. And so asking that question will become completely unacceptable. I mean, this might sound silly, but I say to my students, it's a bit like smoking in the pub. Back in the day, PJ, you know, when we would go out, when we were teenagers, you came home reeking whether you smoked or not. But nowadays, if you're in the pub and somebody lights a cigarette, you go, oh, my God, what's he doing? It's so terrible. He's that guy. So that's what I wanted to be like on campus community or in society generally. Somebody tells a rape joke or somebody shares an image of their girlfriend or whatever and everybody turns around and goes what are you doing that is not acceptable so the type of behavior should be so unacceptable by all of us and we should all be so able to call it out and see our role that that type of behavior then is shunned will happen far less and then we will have less escalated uh, behavior in turn so this is the type of way that we can all contribute and that's the essence of the bystander intervention program that we all have a role to play because we're all members of society so trying to instill that in our young people means that they then can recognize their role and they can develop a new normal for young people imagine you never get asked for a nude you never get groped in a nightclub you know how wonderful would that be everybody respects you nobody will put a hand on you until you say can i put a hand on you you know this is the way people need to behave do you think that in 10 years time if we were having this conversation again or whoever's doing our jobs in 10 years time we're having this conversation do you think there will have been a change I truly hope there will. I have seen differences through my research in UCC. I have students amongst their peers and with strangers calling out behaviour and they say, you know, if I hadn't done the training, I would have just walked on by. It would have been easier. And they've stepped in and supported, for example, young a young woman, you know, who's on her own trying to walk home and she's inebriated, you know, supporting her to take her home or putting her in a taxi, this type of behaviour where people see their civic responsibility and they step in. So in terms of societal change, I think that can happen, you know, slowly, steadily. In terms of consent and the education, well, we're coming from a low bar in terms of the second level. I think the teachers will embrace this and I think the young people will bring that education forward, whether into third level or into their jobs or into society. And I think, too, this will permeate in sports clubs, youth clubs and other places where we can allow these conversations to happen safely and then collectively. And I would be very hopeful and positive that through education, like anything else, we can really change mindsets and in turn behaviour. All right, Louise, thank you very much. Professor Louise Crowley. Courts 96 FM.